This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Hello. Good morning. Welcome back, Colleen. Thank you. And happy birthday. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I was out celebrating my birthday and my anniversary with my spouse. Exciting. Yes. Yeah, I'm Colleen Dieter. Yeah, I'm Leah Cherner, and this is the Horticulture Hangover. We're back. Welcome, listeners. And you can call us with your gardening questions at 512-836-0590 or 877-590-5525. You can also text us at those numbers too. You can send us pictures of your plants uh, and landscapes. Anything that's on your mind regarding plants or landscaping, we're here to give you our opinions and expertise. Yeah, and I have something that I want to talk to you about. Okay. Which is watering trees. Mm. So I've been watering trees a lot this week. Mm-hmm. Um. And getting questions about how to water trees. Okay. Um, and so what I've been doing, and we'll see what you think about this. This is what I've been doing, is I've been taking a little round hose-in sprinkler, like a little metal one that's mm-hmm. about three inches wide, and placing it kind of right around the drip line of mm-hmm. the tree. Mm-hmm. And turning it onto a low kind of burble where it's mm-hmm. like you could see it's kind of putting out drops, but they're only going, you know, maybe three inches above the ground. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of slowly soaking in water into the the root zone of the tree and then, you know, setting a timer and then, um, you know, maybe 20 minutes here and then move it a little bit somewhere else under the mm-hmm. canopy around the um the drip line or the canopy mm-hmm. um, limit, um, but you know, but I've also you know seen a lot of confusion about about how to water trees, and so yeah. I want to know like what what would be your method? Because I know we talk about like you need to do it, but it's like I want to talk about how to do it because mm-hmm. I'm seeing a lot of people putting water right up against the trunk of the tree. Other people have soaker hoses around the trunk of the tree. Mm-hmm. You know the recommendations will say to soak the entire root zone of the tree and mm-hmm. that's often not going to be practical or mm-hmm. possible because mm-hmm. um, trees can be very big and your roots can be in the neighbor's yard you right. know of your tree right so let's talk about it tell me what mm-hmm. would you how would you how do you water your trees well it depends on the size of the tree really oh yeah okay I'm saying a big so if it's a big mature tree okay. So if it's a big mature tree, it's really challenging to know how to do it and like if you're really going to make a difference. But um, the drought is so bad now uh, that it is going to make a difference. And we can't exactly see where the tree's roots are underground because I don't have x-ray vision. Do mm-hmm. you have x-ray vision? Mm-hmm. I wish I did. It was uh, That's the superpower I would wish for. Um, but basically, the feeder roots, so the little 
tiny ends, tips of the roots are the parts of the tree that actually do the absorbing of water and nutrients, Mm -hmm. not the big fat roots up by the trunk. So you have to water away from the trunk. Um, And in general, those feeder roots are way, way out at the ends of the branches. So, which is the part of the tree that we refer to as the drip line. So if you water under the drip line, um, you're going to be more likely to really help the tree. Um, And yeah, that might be in your neighbor's yard. Mm -hmm. So if you're on good terms with your neighbors, um, then ask if you can water the tree in their yard Mm -hmm. or if they would water the tree because they're probably benefiting from your tree too. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's really challenging. Um, If you have an irrigation system uh, and you're running irrigation, then, you know, the trees will benefit from that too. Mm -hmm. But I liked something that you said, Leah, which is that you let the sprinkler, the sprinkler that you're using, like a hose end sprinkler, that you're letting it run for 20 minutes and then moving it. I think that's really key. Like letting it run for a long duration like that is really helpful to the trees um, because their roots are, compared to other types of plants, their roots can be a little bit further down in the soil. Hmm. Although that cha- it's there's a ton of variation sure. in that, you know? So, but watering them more deeply is important. So running the water for a long time so it really soaks in deeply into the soil. When I say deeply, I mean like four inches, mm-hmm. not like two feet Yeah, in this case. Does that make sense? Totally. Okay. And the, um, the roots of the tree do extend beyond the canopy or yeah. the drip line. But I guess that, you know, part of the rationale for watering just under the canopy partly is just it's shady under there. Mm. So less of that water is going to evaporate, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the you can you can do it with without the hose and sprinkler. You know, you yeah. can turn the water on really low. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a I don't know. I find that a little trickier um, to control, like the flow of the water and get it to spread out a little bit over an area. But yeah. it's just standing there with a hose, watering trees, that's going to be hard yes. to do because you need to put quite a bit of water So much them. water, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a mature bur oak tree in my yard, and the thing that I found that works well is um, it's on a slope. Mm-hmm. So I'll put the hose at the top of the slope. Yeah. And then let the water run down through the whole. Um, the water runs down through the whole root zone, mm-hmm. and I think that helps. And I do it on my designated watering day for the city of Austin, um, and uh, I think that works well. And I only do that tree is so big and mature. Um, it it's maybe once every two weeks. Only do, and only I'll during try the drought. To do too. it during the drought, yeah, because really it's so big and and established, 
it really doesn't need supplemental water mm -hmm. uh, except during extreme droughts like this. Yeah. So if you have a tree that you really care for and on your property, it's mature, you know, now is the time to give it some emergency water. And especially if it's showing signs of stress. Mm-hmm. You know, if the leaves are, you know, turning brown and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, or falling off if it's dropping leaves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or turning a little bit yellow. Some of the leaves might be turning like a sad mm. brownish yellow color. Yeah. <coughs> so... Bless you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough time right now, for sure, for yeah. the for the plants. But watering trees is definitely worthwhile, you know. Um, so I water that bur oak in the front yard. I have... Um, <coughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's dusty in here. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have a chickapin oak in the front yard, too, that is also mature and established. And when I say established, I mean it's been in the ground for longer than five years. Mm -hmm. That's what I think established means for native trees. So uh, that one gets watered because I'm watering the landscape underneath it once a week oh, with yeah. a sprinkler, mm -hmm. uh, with the hose and sprinkler like you were just talking about. And... Um, so that one's getting supplemental water that way. So that's working out well. And otherwise, I'm only watering the fruit trees. Mm -hmm. um, and my fruit trees are all really young. Like they're less than, they haven't been in the ground for more than three years at the most. So they need more water than an established so, tree would. Yeah, yeah. And they're and fruit, they're fruit trees, trees. Yeah. And the fruit trees tend to need more water than like uh, an oak or a juniper or something like that so uh than a native tree so i'm giving them um each 15 gallons once a week and uh using the bucket method to water them where i'm measuring out 15 gallons in a bucket with a tiny hole drilled in the bottom mm -hmm. yeah that's a really easy way to do it mm -hmm. yeah filling up the buckets so yeah i had a friend say that an arborist recommended that they take a soaker hose and put it a couple feet out from the trunk of a really big tree and run it for 30 minutes three times a week. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I'm not sure about that. Because mm. the soaker hose is not going to put out a lot of water in 30 minutes. No. And three times a week is mm -mm. very frequent. It just yeah. seems like frequent shallow watering to me. Yeah, I don't think that's the right way to... That's not how I would do it. Yeah. I do it for like 60 minutes once, once a week. week. Yeah. Or even longer. 90 minutes once a week. Depending on how what your water pressure is like and stuff like that. That's what makes it so hard is there's so many variables. You yeah. know, the water pressure and how long the soaker hose is. And it's going to influence how much water comes out. Yeah. Um, but Texas Forest Service has a really good video on YouTube about how to water big trees and you use a screwdriver if you can get the screwdriver into the ground easily that means you've watered enough mm. because the ground is soft enough mm -hmm. to get the screwdriver in i thought that was pretty good mm -hmm. 
well, it's going to take a lot of water to get a screwdriver yeah, into this. Yeah, I know. Right now. To me, it's just doing the best you can, you know, and don't stress yourself out about it. And I know a lot of our listeners in some of the Williamson County suburbs aren't allowed to water at all now. Mm-hmm. So, you know, fortunately, these native trees are, uh, you know, well, they're adapted to these conditions and should be able to survive. They're not going to be thriving. Mm-hmm. So keep that in mind, y'all. If you're not able to water up there in parts of Williamson County, like, you know, the trees aren't going to thrive, but they probably won't die if we get a tropical storm coming up in um, September. You know, that's key. I hope so. Mm-hmm. But we've got a text that we-, we can get to after we go to the break. Sound good? Let's do that. All right. This is Horticulture Hangover with Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590. Hello. Good morning. This is the Horticulture Hangover. I'm Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. And I'm Leah Turner with DeltaDawnGardens.com. And we have a text. Okay. We have, it came with a picture uh-huh. and the text says, this is a compact cherry laurel. Mm-hmm. When I saw really droopy leaves and limbs in the morning, I started uh, watering slow and deep with the hose end uh, for about an hour once a week. The shrub is in full sun. Do I need to do something else for it? Thanks. And the picture shows a close-up of the leaves that have brown kind of tips. Yeah. The 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 margins of the leaf are turning brown and um, a little bit uh, faded in color, less bright green. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my first thought was just getting scalded by the sun mm-hmm. or scorched by the sun, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I agree, Leah. When you have a shrub that ought to be really dark green and the leaves look more lighty, light, kind of yellowy a little bit, um, that's definitely a sign of sun scorch. And if the plant was newly planted and moved from the nursery, uh, you know, at the nursery, all of the leaves would be adapted to whatever conditions it was growing in in the nursery and uh maybe it was a little more shaded and then now if it gets moved into full sun those leaves are not adapted for full sun and they can get sunburned um and keep watering like you've been doing for sure and uh it may lose a lot of leaves and but it should grow back if you keep if you continue watering um I was thinking too, make sure that it has a layer of mulch, a nice layer of mulch around it, some leaf, tree leaves mm-hmm. on the ground around it to help retain the moisture in the soil and moderate the soil temperature a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think probably watering more is a good idea if yeah. you can, but um, also it's just, this is going to happen a little bit. Like I've been seeing... Yeah 
sunburn on mountain laurels too, mm-hmm. you know, where it, big established mountain laurels and it's like, well, what do we, you know, what can you do? Yeah. It's just yeah. wait for it to be less hot. Yeah. I think um, it's so horrible outside that you, we all need to lower our standards. <laughs> um, so I know I had a customer last week who had a new um, Shantung maple that he planted this past winter and you know the tips of the leaves are turning brown mm-hmm. and I said it's that there's nothing you can do about that the tree just physically is incapable of drinking water fast enough um, for how hot it is outside just mm-hmm. like a human would be incapable of drinking enough to stay hydrated with how hot it is outside mm-hmm. so um, the brown leaves aren't going to kill the tree it's not good for the tree but it's not gonna it's not like a death sentence um, it's just how it is right now. There's going to be a lot of brown leaves. Got to get down with um, brown. Yeah, you got to get down with brown. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then, and uh, yeah, and hope that it rains. That's the only answer right now. So, yeah, I see that we have some other texts. Is there anything? Anybody have something good to say to us? Let's see. Okay. Um, Ooh, okay, we got a long one. Okay. While you're reading, I'm going to thank Leah over the air for bringing me a beautiful birthday present, which is a very cute coffee mug oh. filled with plants, um, with houseplant cuttings. And it's really cute. It says on the mug, it says, we'll be old friends until we're old and senile. Then we'll be new friends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's really funny. So, yes. All right. Happy birthday, Colleen. Thank you. Very sweet. Uh, yeah, so we got a question okay. from uh, somebody I know named Andy mm-hmm. who said, Hello, I love the show and the podcast. Oh. I'm a fledgling landscape designer based out of Lockhart. Oh, great. And I took classes at ACC, one taught by Leah. Oh, great. My planting design class that I used to teach and loved the program. So my question pertains to hardscaping, which you got into on last week's show. Mm. Um, I'm working on a wooded half-acre backyard that was recently cleared of invasive ligustrum and china berries. Mm. Um, There's cedar elms and oaks are left. But I'm wondering what your advice would be to prevent those invasives, those ligustrums and china berries and things, from popping right back up. Mm. there's a really a lot of uh, small to medium stumps and he doesn't want to damage the root structure of the really healthy native trees mm. by, you know, stump grinding or anything like that. Um, so any advice for prepping the land for walkways and planting beds? Could I successfully sheep mulch over ligustrum stumps? Mm. Would flattening a stump and covering it with weed barrier, road-based granite, be enough for a trail? Okay, so that's a lot. Of, oh, and he picked up Colleen's mm. book last week. Oh, yay! Thank and it's great. You. Oh, thank you. So let's take this, like, test this piece by piece. Okay. Um, how would you prevent invasives from popping up? When maybe the trees are cut down, but the you know the stumps are still there, that's mm-hmm. going to come right back. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't want to, you know, 
harm the existing good trees. Mm-hmm. What would you do in that situation, Colleen? Well, there's several different solutions. Um, I think you could, depending on how, it sounds like there's a lot of them, mm-hmm. but for all of our listeners, if you have this problem, one solution that I've used is taking a black bucket, turning it upside down, putting it over the stump and leaving it there so that the stump can't get light. Um, wow. And that wears it out, but it takes a long time. It takes like a, you have to keep the bucket there for like a year. So if there's like 20 of them, you might not want to You need have a lot of buckets. 20 buckets in the way. Mm-hmm. You'd need a lot of buckets. I mean, I guess you could do the same thing with it. Wouldn't have to be a bucket. I mean, over a stump, but some kind of barrier, like to keep light off of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I think sheet mulching could help in the short term. Um, and I have sheet mulched over things like that. Before. It's not a permanent. Uh, fix, mm-hmm. but it definitely slows it down. Um, and the other thing that I've had customers who have really large properties where they're removing a lot of invasives, mm-hmm. and um, they came up with the method of using uh, brush be gone on the freshly cut trunks. Mm-hmm with a sponge or a paintbrush and painting or sponging the brush be gone onto the open wound on the trunk so that you don't spill it on the other trees and then spray paint each stump so that you know that you've already sprayed it mm-hmm. or dabbed it, I mean. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm having trouble explaining it's a brush it. be gone is a... It's an herbicide for woody plants. Yes. It's not organic. So if you or your customers, you know, only want organic methods, then that will be a problem. But um, that's the only time I I ever uh, feel okay using non-organic herbicides. What do you think, Leah? Yeah, I was just thinking of another product I've used. Um, There's one called Bonide Stump and Vine Killer. Oh, we need to go out. We got to wrap up. We'll be back talking about stumps. Yeah. Welcome to the Horticulture Hangover on News Radio KLBJ. You're in the right place to get answers to all of your questions about your lawn, garden, trees, and more. Here are your hosts, Colleen Dieter and Leah Turner. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. This is Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. Yes, and I'm Leah Cherner with Delta Dawn Gardens, and we will we will get back to your question, Andy. Um, at the moment, we have a call. Yes, this is Kim in South Austin. She has a question about watering mulch. Kim, there we go. Oops. Um, I am a member of a community garden, and we have a large pile of mulch. And this morning, someone sent out a an um, email saying that we probably needed to water it because it's so dry. Mm. Do you think that's necessary? And if so, like in case of a fire, I guess, is what they're worried about. And if so, how often 
did that happen? Okay. Good um, question. Good question. So are you, is it, what kind of mulch is it? I with like, I don't know. It's, um, we have it brought to us. So it's, you know, trees that have been trimmed and, um, it's a rather thick mulch. It's not like a, a fine mulch. It's more of a like wood chips. ground. Yeah. Chunk, chunky. Okay. Okay. And um, what are you planning to use the mulch for? We mulch our paths because we have a lot of Bermuda. And so we just keep it. And we usually just, when we get low, we have them bring another, you know, truckload. So we always are working on a pile. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um... That's a good question. I don't think I would bother watering it. I think watering it could make it worse. I was wondering about that just because it heats it up and makes yeah. it more more like a compost pile. Right. Because, Leah, what do you think? Well, of course, I'm not really answering the question here, but yeah. I'm thinking like, what if instead of watering the pile, what if... Next time you get a new pile, you put a tarp on it just to cover it up and preserve the moisture that's already in there so it doesn't get as dry. Just cover it. Mm -hmm. That's a good idea. That, you know, that will shade it and keep it from getting as dry. I mean, we don't really have any brush around. It's kind of close to our fence, um, which is a cedar fence. Um, but I mean, everything else is, there's no, um, we do have a few trees in the garden, but they're not, it's terribly close. It's really unlikely that your pile of wood chips is going to spontaneously combust. Um, so it would, I think they're worried about it. Like if something caught fire and then the whole thing would. Okay, so that's a different worry. So I think you guys, y'all have to assess what you're really worried about. Are you worried about the mulch pile just catching fire, spontaneously combusting on its own, which can happen with, but it happens more with compost piles where there's microbial life inside decomposing the, um, the organic matter in the pile. And it's really and so unlikely to happen. Watering it would make it worse. Watering yeah. it would make it worse in that case because okay. you'd be encouraging more microbial life. Um, so if the concern is spontaneous combustion from the microbes in the pile, watering it would make it worse. Um, if you're concerned about like brush fires and stuff like that, then watering it might make it better. Um, but... Uh, I'm. I don't think that's the best use of water myself. It's going to take a lot of water. Yeah. To, to soak up a dry uh, pile of wood chips. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, might be a good question for firefighters. Okay. Uh, could, because I- I've heard conflicting things about how mulch really burns. To that, that mulch isn't. 
it kind of smolders. It doesn't really like ignite in a super scary way mm-hmm. um, because it's so because it's such a dense material. Um, so I've heard con- okay. a lot of conflicting things about that, but yeah, I can I can find that. I can easily call the fire department and find that. Yeah, and I have one other question about watering. You were talking about um, watering your trees. Um, I have pecans, so I definitely want to water those. But, but I'm not on an irrigation system. I have to hose in sprinklers and those small ones that kind of have a big hole in the middle and kind of spray yes. out. Mm-hmm. It is hard to water the entire area i mean i do water in my neighbor's yard for one of my trees because Mm -hmm. it's the best place i have yeah but in my own yard you have lawn furniture and grills and so many things so i kind of have to spot water here and there is that that's good enough do the best you can yep you're doing good keep doing what you're doing okay thank you all right kim happy gardening (laughs) Thanks. thanks have a good day Okay. What do you think about covering the mulch pile with tarp? I just thought of that, and then I was like, wait, maybe the tarp is itself, uh, <laughs> like, combustible. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> We're not used to so much fire concern here, you know? It's like other parts of the country, I think, people are really, really much more acquainted with, you know, dealing with the risk of wildfires. I know. We're just kind of, we're clueless. Yeah, I know. The only thing, I attended a fire, like a Grow Green seminar about fire prevention Oh, once. I did too. And they were like, Do don't you? plant anything anywhere near your house. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I felt, I know, I feel like a lot of the information that is out there about fire prevention is so unrealistic. Like, don't plant any plants near your house. Mm-hmm. For example, like within 30 feet of your house, which my yard is only like 30 feet wide. Um, and, uh, but the main thing that they said in the class that I took was try to avoid wood privacy fences and wooden decks, uh, which I thought was pretty, that was made a lot of sense, right? you know, um, more than the plants cause trying to ignite a plant that is alive and full of water is difficult. It has to be really, really, really hot mm-hmm. for that to happen. Um, but wooden fences and decks ignite pretty easily. I hate talking about this. This is no fun. Mm-mm. But um, that was the big takeaway that I got from that class. So I wish there was better information for us because I've just heard lots of conflicting things that don't really make a whole lot of sense. So. Yeah, and I hope that caller might maybe let us know next week uh, what, what she found out from the fire department yeah great idea to share with everyone Mm -hmm. and we've got to go to another break believe it or not cool all right this is horticulture hangover with colleen dieter and leah Turner. call or text your lawn and garden questions to 512-836-0590 golf clap Golf clap. We're back, y'all. And this is Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. Yeah, and this is Leah Cherner with Delta Dawn Gardens. Yeah. Dot com. 
And we're going to go back to Andy's question. I want to yeah. touch on two points here. Um, he sent some pictures and uh, what looks like um, some pathways going in a woodland area, a wooded area, on what looks like a pretty steep slope. Um, and is has in some of these pictures uh, landscape fabric down, marking where the paths will go. Mm. And so I just wanted to touch on the use of landscape fabric. Um, I don't like to use it under yeah. hardscape or at all. The only time I use landscape fabric, honestly, is to, like if you're building like a dry stack retaining wall, I would use landscape fabric on the inside of the dry stack to prevent all the sediment from like running out horizontally. Oh, I see. Like if you were making a raised bed kind of thing yeah. or a retaining wall. I see. Right. Okay, that, would that, be, that would be a reason. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't really help um, prevent weeds over the long term. And it can actually just get really ugly looking because it will decompose mm -hmm. from the sunlight. Mm -hmm. and um, And then if you put rocks over it, you know, gravel over it, um, it will start peeking through the gravel and mm -hmm. it'll just look bad. Yeah. And, you know, if you were going to put road base down, you don't need to put landscape fabric down because if you, if you, you know, really add road base, that is going to not be um, a place where things can grow. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't matter. It's kind of just a waste of, of money to put landscape fabric down under road base. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, I would say do... Uh, do put road base down yes. under hardscape, under pathways, yes. that is, under the gravel. Absolutely. Um, but also keep in mind, like, if it's a really steep slope, um, you might you might need some stairs. Yeah. Um, and uh, let's see, what else? Uh, sheet mulching. Would sheet mulching over stumps work? I'm going to say, just remind everybody that the purpose of sheet mm -hmm. mulching is to build you know, build planting areas. Mm -hmm. And so it's not the best method for just suppressing growth of, of plants where you don't want them to grow. Mm -hmm. um, but that's a tricky one. It's tricky it's to really tricky to like build hardscape around where there's a lot of uh, tree roots and invasive mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. It really is. Um, if you can, I see the pictures that you sent and I was wondering if you could selectively grind the stumps or dig out some of the stumps that are in the walkways. I think that's what I would do in that situation. Uh, the ones that are really in the way are the ones that I would target in the way of the walkways. And then the ones in the landscape, I think that's just going to be a maintenance issue of cutting them down over and over again after they start growing back until they're exhausted and can't grow back anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's just a maintenance thing that has to happen. Mm -hmm. Well, good luck, but, everybody, yeah. and everybody stay cool. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for all your uh, compliments and praise, Andy. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Andy. It's really nice to hear. And thanks for listening to the show, everyone. Yeah, and we'll be back next week to answer more questions. That's right. Um, I'm Colleen Dieter with ATXGardens.com. And I'm Leah Cherner with Delta Dawn Gardens, and we're signing off. See you next week. Bye.